everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFM. Thursday, April 1st, 2021. You know what that means. It's opening day for MLB. We have nine games that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the main slate um, over there on DraftKings. We're going to strictly stick to main slates like we did last season. Um, it just kind of worked out better instead of trying to talk about, you know, these three random games or these two random games. So we're going to stick to the main slate. If you guys have feedback on that, I'm always open to it. So hit me up on Twitter if that's the case. But I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, we're recording for Thursday. It's Wednesday afternoon. We're getting this up early. How are you doing? I know you've been working all morning. And, you know, is the super draft money like sitting in yet? I mean, it's just a weekly occurrence at this point. Um, but gosh, I'm excited for baseball season. Oh, man. Been researching. I ended up staying up until like 1.30 in the morning last night just looking at baseball, feeling like a giddy little kid. I've still got one more day before it actually starts, but I am I am so happy. I am so excited. This is – it's just beautiful. And today's – the first day slate is absolutely fantastic. I, I've already found a lot of things that I'm absolutely in love with at lower ownership. Everything, everything in life is great right now, my friend. It sure is. We have nine games. We're going to jump into that. But before we do that, we are presented by Superdraft. Superdraft.com. Use promo code GRINDERS. Uh, we'll have a Superdraft baseball play of the day um, when we get done breaking down this before we play the morning grind game. They have a ton of stuff going on over there. Um, buy-ins for everything. Like any type of bankroll you are, they have a buy-in for you. $25 buy-in, 5K to first place, $25,000 tournament. Um, 35 entry max, they have a $10 3k to first $15,000 tournament, 52 entry max. And if you're a smaller bankroll player, they have a eight entry max $4 and they have a $1 150 entry max, uh, base knock tournament as well. So they got double ups, they got 50 fifties, they got all kinds of stuff over there. So make sure you guys are checking them out. They got a ton of stuff. Let's support them. They're presenting the podcast. They're helping us out. Um, so let's support them. Love the contest over there. And it is a much different slate over there. They're doing all the games, all the games, 15 games, every single game. So a lot of stuff to dig into if you're playing over there on Superdraft. So Grant, let's jump in. Like I said, we have 15 games, like not 15 games. We have nine games. We're going to talk about the main slate. Um, First and foremost, if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys get RG premium for baseball our baseball content is incredible with cheese STL notorious. Um, I do a lot of premium stuff as well. So, you know, toot my own horn, love baseball, love this time of year and uh, definitely ready to dig in. We get started with Minnesota at Milwaukee, eight total um, pick them game right off the bat, pick them game. Um, let's start here with the twin side of things. What are we looking at here for Minnesota or no, we're doing pitchers, baseball. Buddy. You're your pitchers you're out of practice. Wow. Wow. Back at it. Um, Kentai Maeda. What are we looking at here with Kentai Maeda? Uh, Kenta is definitely a good play. I mean, the problem is the splits are a little bit much better against righties than lefties. And looks like there's going to be a decent amount of lefties in the lineup. Still, he grades out as one of the better plays on the entire slate. Probably going to come in around mid twenties ownership because he's priced a little bit too low at 8.3 K, but 
Milwaukee lineup strikes out a huge clip versus right-handed pitching. The current projected lineup, if we use the last two seasons, is a 27.2% K rate versus righty. So he just grades out as a fantastic play. If this ownership's there, he's riding the thick of things as one of the best plays on the entire slate from a pitching standpoint. So can't really argue with it too much. I mean, we don't know what his leash will be like, but still a guy that is going to be going to be decently owned, but I don't know if he's going to be high owned enough with other guys at the similar price range, but just overall, not including ownership, one of the top plates on the entire slate. Listen, Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer are on the late slate. So we don't even have to worry about guys throwing a hundred pitches because Scherzer's Garrett not Cole, the Shane Bieber on the early slate. Yeah. Like the guys that are going to throw a hundred pitches. Like I, I would assume that most pitchers on this, um, opening day throw 75 to 85 pitches. So I think they're all going to kind of be in that same range. Uh, Kent time made it, like you said, the strikeout upside's there, like 31.7% K rate last season, really high strikeout rate to righties. And the good thing about it is even though they're going to have a lot of lefties in this lineup, they added Colton Wong, they added Jackie Bradley jr. But like, those aren't guys that are typically like big power guys. Um, so really you got to get through Yelich. If Travis Shaw is still swinging with a hole in his bat, like that's a strikeout or two waiting to happen. So uh, I'm with you. I think Kenta might have definitely play here for uh, tournaments and going to the other side, Brandon Woodruff, a guy that we know can strike out people at a high clip. Um, it's just more of like getting the, the innings and the pitches out of this guy was always such a big problem. Yeah, and it looks like he's going to be the chalkiest guy on the entire slate. I mean, he's priced at 8K over on DK. Going up against a lineup that has a whole lot of strikeouts in it outside of Planko, Kepler, and Simmons. Like, it's just no huge strikeout rate. Buxton, huge strikeout rate. Cave, strikeout waiting to happen. Jeffers, strikeout waiting to happen. So it's got a lineup with a whole lot of strikeouts in it. He's looking like he's going to be chalky. Big ground ball pitcher, but yeah, big strikeout rate. Not a ton of walks, so this is a perfect spot for him. The problem is... He is going to be 30 plus percent owned, in my opinion, which is why I'm predominantly playing on fading him. It's a risky move in tournaments, but I'm playing on doing it just because I know his ownership is going to be there. And people forget early on in the season, obviously, pitching in a dome is much better for pitchers. But this early on in the season, when you have multiple games in the mid 30s, mid 40s in terms of temperature, the dome is actually more advantageous because it's going to be hotter in there. It's going to be better weather for hitting than it is over in Chicago, over in Philly, over in a lot of different places, over in Cincinnati. So with people immediately going to Woodruff, we'll wait and see if ownership changes, like just straight up on point per dollar basis. He stands out as potentially the best pitcher on the entire slate, but GBPs, I think I'm going to fade him, and we'll get to the guy that I plan on playing over him pretty soon. But if you want to, no argument here. Absolutely should end up with a pretty decent game. Grades out fantastically. But just based on game theory and just based on the way the slate is, the weather, everything, I'm planning on not playing him almost at all. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, if he was, like, a guy that gave up a lot of home runs and stuff, I could – jump on board with you like his contact rate is really down he's a guy that gets a lot of swings and misses outside the zone stuff like that this is a dude that can put up like monster numbers on a, a team like minnesota but minnesota even though they're a team that strikes out a lot you know we have what four guys with high hard hit rates bunch of power in this lineup like snow ball hitters yeah it's, like it, they have guys that can definitely beat up woodruff so game theory wise makes a ton of sense especially because it's opening day um, anything can kind of happen on this. So 
let's talk hitters here uh, for Minnesota. Um, what are we looking at here for the Twins? I mean, Kepler is a guy that immediately is the one that catches my eye. I mean, Woodruff kind of good versus righties and lefties kind of splits neutral, but definitely gives a little bit more power to lefties. And Kepler is sitting there leading off at 3.8K. Seems like a clear mispricing. Uh, Polanco, generally a guy I like to target a little bit more going up against lefties than I do against righties. Lot Switch hitter, but a lot worse versus righties. Don't mind him, though, at 3.3K. So, no, always a potential for a bomb problem is going up against a – high strikeout guy like i don't mind a full stack here but if we're just looking at one-offs i think kepler is the guy that you really want to go with or if you need to save some salary i'm not against polanco especially since you can play him at second or shortstop but outside of that not a ton of interest outside just full stack based on game theory and low price tags yeah definitely don't mind the stack um it, it would be very low owned especially if woodruff is going to be popular but if you want to take a random shot in the dark in tournaments, um, I think Jake Cave at 2.4K. Uh, this is a dude that when he does make contact, it's usually hard. Only 11% soft contact rate against right-handed pitching last season. So um, always like Jake Cave is like tournament, like cheap one-off. He's like 2.4K over there on DK. Um, and as far as the Brewers go, as far as their bats go, you know, obviously we're going to get into some games where we really like some bats. This total is – it's decent. Um Let's talk Brewers. Anything really standing out to you here? Mostly just Yelich. Like like you said, there is a lot of lefties in this lineup, but Wong, Bradley, Navarez, all guys that don't have a ton of pop. Um, Maeda definitely struggles versus lefties more than he does versus righties. But, I mean, like there's really there's not a ton that you really want to like. So it's, it's Yelich, who I think is going to come in at very low ownership on this slate. But, again, playing in a dome – with a lot of bad weather throughout the course of the rest of the slate or just like Miami where it's even worse ballpark. Um, I, I, I just don't really want to play any of these Minnesota bats made it rarely ever gets blown up. If someone's going to hit a one-off bomb, it's probably going to be Elledge. Yeah. He's so expensive. You're going to need, you're going to need a big game for him. Like that's the problem I think with like potentially wanting to stack the brewers. They're just not cheap. Like you're you're paying over 4K for pretty much the whole stack, um, so I, I think I'm thinking probably out on the Brewers here. I hope Ken Tamayda mows them down. Uh, moving on, we got Baltimore at Boston, two and a half total here or nine and a half total. Um, John Means against Nathan Eovaldi. Eovaldi and the Red Sox are a minus 176 favorite here. Uh, any interest here in John Means? None whatsoever. I mean, to me, this just isn't a spot where you really want to use him. Um, Red Sox, while they do have a few lefties in there, means strikes out lefties at a whole lot higher rate. And yes, the weather isn't going to be great starting off around 52 and drop down into the mid 40s later on in the game. I just don't see it as a good spot for him. I mean, if you really want to in large field tournaments, he's going to come in at low ownership, but not a guy that I'm particularly interested in playing. Yeah, like there's enough righties in this lineup that can do damage against a lefty. And John Means is just a guy that. A lot of hard contact, hardly any soft contact last season, and he's a big fly ball guy, so the weather might help him, but it's still Fenway. It's a short porch left field. Um, if, even if it's not home runs, it's doubles off the wall. So I'm out on means. Um, and then Nathan Eovaldi on the other side. This lineup, the bottom of this lineup is going to be rough, and it's going to be rough all season. The top of the lineup, there, there's some guys that are talented at the top of this order. Um, Santander, Mancini, Mountcastle, 
Um, even Mullins. Eovaldi is like a fringe tournament play, depending on like how many lineups you're playing. Yeah, no, he's definitely one of the guys where I mean, yeah, Coors on the slate, and you need if you want to pay up for him. There's not a whole lot of cheap guys on the entire slate, um, especially not a lot of cheap guys that you can consider rostering. So I don't mind playing Eovaldi. I mean, he's a minus one seventy three, or the Red Sox are minus one seventy three favorite. Uh, to win it and so like the win's a possibility like this lineup still has a decent amount of k's in it not a ton but they don't walk at a particularly high rate so Ivaldi's still a guy with a bit of bit of uh talent so just based on price tag i mean he's not my favorite i probably won't end up going there too much but he's going to come in at low ownership and it's first day anything can happen but I, i i plan on limiting my ownership a decent amount with him well i will say like he had a rough 2019 season, but he had a really solid 2020 season. And, you know, obviously things were way different, but like he averaged over a strikeout per inning. Like he looked a lot better as someone that watches a lot of Red Sox games. He looked a lot better um, last year. Let's talk Baltimore bats. Anything that you like here for Baltimore? Not particularly. I mean, Mancini is not a bad price tag. Mullins is not is super cheap and will probably be one of the chalkier guys on the slate, but it's not particularly great uh, matchup for him. I think Santander and Montcastle are both the guys that you probably want to go with. 3.5 and 3.9K, going to come in at lower ownership than Mancini, and they could definitely get it done. Like This is like one of the cheaper stacks on the slate, and you can go with it. I just don't have a ton of interest in it, but I'm not going to argue with it at all, considering these are guys that over the past two seasons, like Mancini, Santander, Montcastle, um, have all gotten around 200, 200 plus ISOs and closing in on 350, 400 Wobos. Yeah, 132 plate appearances last season for Santander, 328 ISO, 396 Woba, 44% hard hit rate. He'd probably be the guy that I'm the most interested in here. He's a high-hitting high fly ball guy, hard hitting fly ball guy that doesn't strike out a ton. So he's, he's definitely by far like my, my favorite option here. Um, and then on the Boston side, like this is a completely different look Boston lineup. Like Kiki Hernandez, probably going to bat lead off JD's in there. They got Hunter Renfro, uh, doll back. They got right-handed bats that they're going to be able to throw throughout this lineup. Um, Red Sox, I think are, are one of the top plays and like, Grant, like JD Martinez, 4.3 against a lefty. Kiki Hernandez batting leadoff probably at 3K. Hunter Renfro, 3.2. Like, this is like a bottom barrel, potentially able to stack cores in the Red Sox type of lineup. Red Sox are my favorite stack on the day. And it's not remotely close. Like, I'm trying to figure out why Renfro is projected for 7% ownership. I get he's batting six. I get he's on the home team that's probably going to win. So he could potentially not get that extra at bat. Uh, I know that people like in the past, he's been taken out whenever a lefty comes in the game. And I mean, there's definitely a chance of that, but there's a chance that Kike gets taken out of the game. If a lefty comes in the game, we look at their depth chart and I mean, who are they going to throw in there for probably Franchi Cordero if they end up bringing a righty, but I kind of doubt it. He could see less of a pinch at risk drastically than he has in the past. And this is a guy with a 351 ISO versus lefties over the last two seasons, a 360 Woba huge fly ball rate, huge hard hit rate. Like, and means is a guy that strikes out lefties at a pretty decent clip, but does not strike out righties. I, this is just a beautiful spot for him. And I'm trying to figure out, I know he doesn't give up a lot of hard contact, but that really doesn't matter for Renfro. Renfro is my favorite play on the entire slate. Like favorite so play the f- tournaments. 
So the fact that I already wrote him down as like one of my favorite uh, two hit guys under 4K, um, I probably need to find another one because you get to go first. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I mean, we'll see if I find someone else. I'm sure there's going to be someone else on the board. Um, you can take He's just... over on the other side, but you can even take Kiki Hernandez for two hits under 4K. Like, th- like you said, John means he struggles to strike righties out. And there's just so much pa- like, don't forget about Bobby Dahlbeck either. Um, like you could wrap around stack with him, you know, and it makes a ton of sense because like in a short sample size, this kid showed us a lot of power against lefties and he strikes out a ton. But if means is going to be a guy that doesn't strike out a lot of people, I think Dahlbeck is someone you definitely want to be looking at, man, we're two games in and I'm so excited that we're talking baseball. Like it's not even remotely close. Um, anyway, pirates, cubs, no total in this game. Very typical for a Wrigley game not to have a total up until day of. Um, Chad Cool against Kyle Hendricks. Wind looks like it's going to be blowing across the field, maybe even potentially blowing in a little bit at a really high clip. Um, so any interest here in Chad Cool? Uh, surprisingly mm-hmm. enough, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's going to be 36 degrees, so it's not going to – the ball will not be flying. Like especially if the wind is blowing anywhere remotely close to being blown in. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, this is not going to be a high scoring game. Um, So just based on his price tag of 5.2 K, I mean, I know he doesn't grade out as a great play and he can obviously get into a decent amount of trouble with his high walk rate to both the left and the right side of the plate. And the fact that the Cubs have a decent amount of walks in their lineup outside of Brian Baez, but I, I really don't care. Like, you're look if you're looking for salary like he's not my favorite play, but if you're looking for salary relief, he's probably the go-to guy just because of how cold it's going to be and the wind blowing in. I mean, this Cubs line still dr- strikes out at a decent clip. I mean, they were injured and kind of hindered in certain areas last season, so maybe coming in healthy, they'll be a better team. And adding Jock Jams in there is probably going to help with a decent amount of power. But I mean, if Cole can has kind of figured out how to get his walks down from a 14% clip just to a normal 10% clip then he's not going to be a terrible pitcher this year. And all the hard contact he gives up, all the fly balls he gives up, not really going to matter in this cold weather, in this uh, uh, windy situation. So Cole is probably my favorite cheap guy on the entire slate, but I'm not in love with him. It's just he makes Coors fit if you really want to stack up Coors. The only concern that I have with Chad Cool, because I was looking at him, I looked into him a lot before we got started, is like his last spring training start, he only threw two innings. Um, So I'm definitely a little concerned about that. Um, I was really thinking they were going to start Tyler Anderson on opening day, and like I was going to be really excited about playing Tyler Anderson in the cold. Um, I I think Chad Cool's in play, but buyer beware. He's 5,200 for a reason. Um, like, I would not be shocked if he throws, like, four innings. So, love the spot. Like, pulling up Weather Edge, awesome tool here at Roto-Grinders if you guys haven't checked it out. Um, hit The home run rate with this type of weather at Wrigley over 38 games is down 42%. Like, 42% less home runs, 10% less runs scored. Um, everything is just – this is so pitcher-friendly. This is a pitcher-friendly spot. Going to the other side, I think Kyle Hendricks is one of the best point-per-dollar pitchers on the slate. I hate playing Kyle Hendricks. I hate it. But this is a team that doesn't typically hit a ton of home runs anyway. This is a spot Hendricks should be able to go out and work some clean innings and get to the bullpen and hopefully win the game. Hendricks is my favorite play on the entire slate, pitcher or hitter. 
Yep. Like he's coming. We haven't projected for 11% ownership. We got Woodruff at 29, made at 22, Glass now 31. That could end up changing. But I expect everyone to be on Woodruff and Glass now. Both those guys are playing inside of domes, whereas Hendricks is playing in cold weather that is going to be likely having the wind blowing in. This is a guy with elite control, so he can go later on into the game. He doesn't have great strikeout stuff versus righties, but has pretty darn good strikeout stuff versus lefties because of his incredible uh, changeup. He's going to be facing four lefties in the top five of the order, plus he's going to be getting that pitcher at the end, whereas last year, Cub, like, obviously, no DH. Or there was a DH, no DH this year. So this is just a beautiful spot for Hendricks. Going up against a trash lineup outside of Hayes is just not good all the way up and down. 24% projected K rate in the lineup. So Hendricks is going to be my top-owned guy on the entire slate from a pitching standpoint, just because the weather conditions are perfect. This is also a guy that the first game last year, I think he pitched a complete game shutout and had 40 days. So he comes into the season hot, which I know that's not a huge thing to go off of, but this is a guy that is a 3.77 XFIP last year with the DH in there and only has a 3.2% walk rate. So he can go later in the game. He's facing a trash team. Like this is everything is perfect. And the ownership is not the same as Maida Woodruff and Glassnow, which it probably should be. People are just afraid to play him because he doesn't have a huge K rate, but that'll more than be made up for considering that he strikes out lefties at high clip. And there's a lot of high strikeout lefties and some bad righties in the lineup. Yeah. They're going to throw a lot of lefties at him too. So um, I'm with you, man. I think he's the best point per dollar pitcher on the slate. Um, It could blow up in our face, but there's so many people that just, overlook weather and like people are going to overlook weather on opening day even more because people are just so excited to play baseball but this is by far not even close like not even remotely close the best pitcher spot on the slate like you know on this slate like the washington weather is really really good for pitching too for what it's worth but that's not on the slate so just wanted to throw that out there if the wind is blowing in this could be the best pitching weather that we've you seen. might get all year. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you year. You're not going to have much colder weather in Chicago, and you're not going to have much higher winds than 16, 17, 18 mile an hour. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't like any hitters in this game. Uh, I don't mind Brian Hayes, um, but that, that, that's really it. <laughs> yeah, I have no interest on either side. Um, like, they're just so expensive. Brian's 5K, Rizzo's 4.8. Contreras is 5K. If I'm playing anybody, it's my boy Jock Jams um, at 3.4K against Chad Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. He's a little bit too cheap, and he can get the ball out no matter what. Atlanta at Philly, seven total. Max Freed against Aaron Nola. Pick him game. Um, what do you like here for um, Max Freed? I mean, he's fine. Like, he's not great. It's a decent matchup, but... His price tag is probably about where it should be. Like he's not a huge strikeout guy. He's more of just a very good ground ball pitcher. That is just a good real life pitcher matchup versus Philly, where a lot of guys know how to work the count a lot and doesn't have a ton of strikeouts in it. I just don't see a huge amount of upside. Um, I don't mind it. It's just kind of a meh spot. And I don't, I, I, I probably won't have almost any ownership in Freed. I just think he like he pitches well in this game, but he doesn't pitch well enough. Like he, he pitches, pitches well, well, but he might not score a lot of. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like both of these lineups are really good, and we got we got two really good pitchers in this game. But like both of these lineups are solid: McCutcheon, Hoskins, Harper, Romuto, 
Bohm. Um, Singura is another one that's decent in the bottom of the order. DD even lefty lefty doesn't really strike out. So I'm probably out here on Max Freed and man, Aaron Nola is always someone that can light up a scoreboard as far as strikeouts. This is a dude with a 33% K rate last season. We, we really saw him return to form 13 and a half percent swinging strike rate. We're striking out righties at almost a 40% clip last year. And this is a very right-handed heavy lineup. Albies and Freeman are likely going to be the only two lefties in this lineup um, for opening day. So I don't think they, I don't think they'll start um, in Ciarte over Patchy. Maybe they do because of the matchup. But if Nola gets seven or six in the pitcher spot, like if he gets all these righties, it's hard not to have some remote interest in him. Yeah, so it's super interesting when you just look at the price tag. You're like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But there are a few different builds. Like if you're not doing cores plays and you're double stacking, there are a few different double stacks where it's actually pretty easy to play NOLA. Um, we currently have them projected at almost no ownership. Realistically, like if you're not playing cores and cores just happens to have an off day, then there's a lot of different scenarios where NOLA ends up being the top pitcher on the, like pretty much a necessity for this slate and he's almost zero percent owned according to our projections because he's 10.1k and he's pretty much on kind of the same same spot as a guy like woodruff and maida and glass now they're all eight to 8.8k so i i think that nola actually stands out as an elite gbp play because he is going up against this atlanta lineup that's pretty good but it's 49 degrees it's at philly so it's pretty much at sea level like, this is not that great of a hitter's ballpark at this time of year. And they have some strikeouts. I mean, outside of Freeman, pretty much everyone has a 23, 25% plus strikeout rate. And you're right, Noel strikes out righties at a 40% clip. How stretch out will be at this point in the season, I don't know. But he could potentially be in for a massive, massive outing in this spot here. So I plan on... I plan on playing him mostly from a game. Like, he doesn't stand out as a better point-per-dollar play than Maeda, Woodruff, or Glasnow. But just based on ownership and based on the way that builds could end up happening around Coors, uh, I will definitely be playing a decent amount of Vanola. We keep on going here. Any Atlanta bats? I mean, Freeman's always in play. That's kind of it. Like The stack is too expensive on this slate. Yeah, I mean, if you're stacking it up, you're double stacking it with a trash stack. I mean, unless you throw in like Mullins, Kike, um, and then throw in like Cool and Keller as your pitchers. So I wouldn't suggest it versus Nola. And like even the Phillies, like Hoskins, Harper, Ramuto, they're so expensive. Like if I'm playing anybody here, it's McCutcheon at 3.9 and it's Alex Bohm at 3.1K. Yeah, Boehm, I don't mind. McCutcheon probably not going with. I mean, McCutcheon does have pretty good numbers versus lefties. Uh, but Freed is a big ground ball guy, and it's going to be cold, so the ball's not going to be flying. I don't see a bunch of upside. I'd rather just fade him. Rays and Marlins, seven and a half total. Glass now against Alcantara. Glass now and Tampa, 148 favorite here. Uh, let's start with Glass now. You already kind of preference. This guy is going to be really popular. Yeah, and I understand all the reasons why. I mean, this guy last season had a 36% K rate, 2.72 XFIP. He's going up against Miami. That's one of the worst teams 
hitting in the league. Uh, it's in Miami, which is generally a good pitcher's ballpark. But, I mean, the weather is like being in a dome. The weather is going to be better than a lot of other games. So it's more pitcher neutral on this slate. Like last now, if we're just talking about straight up like point per dollar, ceiling, floor, everything, like he's probably – the top guy on the slate. I'm, but there's some stuff that worries me. It can definitely end up going poorly. I mean, it's the Rays. They always give their starting pitchers a pretty short leash, and it's versus an NL team. So Glass now is going to be batting, so that causes an even shorter leash. I'm not sure that he's that great of a tournament play. Like, I'll still have some ownership in him, and he still grades out as a decent play. But there's a lot of potential outs for him having a sub 20 point game yeah definitely want to see if the roof is going to be open or closed too because if his if if the stadium's going to be opened up there in miami like i live in florida it is currently 88 outside right now um so that's going to be the <laughs> best weather a lot of these teams are going to face on this slate yep. so um listen i think glass now is one of the the safer options for cash games you want to play him in cash i'm not arguing it um i hate paying over like 9k on the first week or so for a pitcher so like if you don't want to go darvish and you want to go glass now i'm in that that's fine um even in like single entry like i might play glass now in single entry just because i don't want to spend too much for pitching on this slate but I do think Aaron Nola is a great like tournament pivot off of glass now. Um, so just throwing that out there. Alcantara on the other side. Alcantara was elite against righties last season. Elite. Um, 0.03 ISO, 257 Woba, 66% ground ball rate. But his biggest issue, man, he just he needed to develop a pitch against lefties. It's something we're going to be paying attention to. But like his sinker just it wasn't getting the job done against lefties as much as it was against righties. And he's going to see probably five or six left-handed hitters in this lineup um, on opening day. Yeah. I mean, his changeup just wasn't good. Like, I mean, yeah, his changeup was just bad. Um, So that was going to be his out pitch versus lefties. Just clearly not a pitch that he has developed or had developed enough last year. Who knows? It could change this year, but uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of lefties meadows, or yeah, I'm I'm not I'm probably not using Alcantara. Like he's cheap enough, he's fine. Um, he's pretty much in the same range as all those other guys that are cheap. But I, I'd rather spend up a little bit for Hendricks. Yeah, you know, obviously, I think a lot of people are going to be doing that too. Um, I think Alcantara is probably going to have a decent amount of ownership. You think so? Yeah, that may, again, if that's going to be the case, man, I have way more interest in stacking Tampa. Yeah, yeah, no, so do I. I mean, we currently have Alcantara projected at 12% ownership, which everyone's kind of underpriced on this slate So, from a pitching standpoint, so I'm not surprised. But, yeah, no, these Tampa bats, like, obviously huge fly ball rate, uh, not a ton of hard contact, but there's a lot of guys that can hit the ball hard versus lefty or versus righties. So you got Meadows, you got um, Randy, you got Lau, you got a few guys that can hit the ball pretty hard. And yes, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup, but he doesn't strike out either side of the plate at that high of a clip. If the dome is open, it's going to be, it's still not a great hitting environment, but it's better than most of the other places on the slate outside of Coors. So yeah, like Meadow stands out as an elite, elite play. 
Lau is priced almost accordingly, but stands out as a really good play going up against Alcantara. And I mean, I'm sure the Marlins bullpen has gotten a whole lot better since last year where they were historically bad, but they're still not going to be a good bullpen. So this is facing bad pitching pretty much the entire game. And we could definitely see the Rays put up the most runs on the entire slate. Yeah. Um, we, we saw plenty of upside from this team in the playoff run. Um, so they're not going to look great on paper, but we know that they're a team that can put up point, like runs. So I, I definitely don't mind looking at Tampa as a stack. Do you have any interest in Miami? Not really. Glass now is good. Bullpen's good. Now these hitters are very good. Um, outside of Marte, who's priced up. I mean, Dickerson, you can use as a salary relief guy. Um, it's really it. Like, just now. It's kind of where I'm at, too. Moving on, we got the Cardinals and the Reds, seven and a half total. Flaherty against Castillo. Um, another pick em game here. Any interest in Jack Flaherty? I mean, a little bit. He is a guy that is not as good versus lefties as he is versus righties, and it looks like there's going to be a decent amount of lefties in this lineup, but not too many. Like, Flaherty can still strike out righties at a de- or lefties at a decent clip. But, I, I mean, he's not going to come in at high ownership because Glass now and Woodruff and Maeda are all in the same range. So he makes an interesting GPP play just based on the way things kind of go beginning on the season. It's 40 degrees out in Cincinnati, and the wind's blowing out, and that's a small ballpark, but the wind doesn't really affect it too much. And that cold weather is more than enough to kind of make me think, all right, yeah, this could be a still low scoring game. I mean, it's a pick and it's a 7.5 total, and yet we're going to have – and on top of that, we have two pitchers with pretty close to the same strikeout rates. One of them is 600 more and is projected for four times the ownership. So Flaherty is a great pivot off of guys like Woodruff, off of guys like Glasnow, off of guys like Maeda. Um, just because he's going to come in at a lot of ownership. We'll see if things update a little bit more as time goes on. But that's kind of my thought as of right now, because it's not like the Reds don't strike out at all. They're still a decent strikeout team. And they still got some young guys in there. Yeah. Um, I think the Reds are like one of the most underrated lineups outside of Joey Votto um, in baseball. Like this is a team that the weather is not great for stacking them on this slate. And like this game's in Cincinnati, the great American small park, but I'm going to be stacking the Reds a lot to start the season. I think they're a very underrated lineup. I think they have a lot of upside. Um, I don't love Flaherty, but I completely understand why you'd play him in this spot. I don't think, I don't think there's enough lefties in this lineup for him to get crushed, and I think he he has plenty of upside. Um, the other side, Luis Castillo, uh, just an elite pitcher against right-handed bats, and he's going to see six to seven righties in this lineup in this matchup. I don't care who the righties are at all. That like, if Castillo is going to get that many righties, like he has to be on your board as far as pitching goes. Yeah, I mean, he's the top projected own pitcher on the entire slate. So, I mean, that's my reason for fading him because he's not really uh, not really that much better than a lot of the pitchers on the slate. I mean, he's still elite, but when I can get Nola for 1K more at 30% less ownership, I'd rather do that. I mean, again, I'm taking a ballsy move on the slate, fading Woodruff, fading Glasnow, and fading Castillo, who all grayed out as the best pitchers on this slate, but it's just kind of the way that things are going to go. And 
I plan on doing it. But if you're just going from a strict like raw points, points per dollar, like getting safety, talent, matchup, everything, Castillo grades out as a good play. But like I said, I plan on fading him. Yeah, and like it makes sense. Like this is a guy that 35% K rate against righties going to face a bunch of righties here. A lot of strikeouts in the lineup. Like I I get the fade. I do because it's opening day and anything can happen. But I, I do think he's like an elite play on this slate. Um, assuming that the lineup is what we're looking at as far as like projected lineup goes. And Nolan Arenado finally gives Paul Goldschmidt like some real like help and protection in the lineup. So um, you know, Matt Carpenter just wasn't giving Goldschmidt like the protection they needed. Like this is a spot where Arenado is really going to give Goldschmidt a guy behind him where you can't really pitch around Goldschmidt anymore. So, um, you know, definitely think that Castillo is elite, but I get it if you're going to be underweight or fading him. Uh, any interest in the Cardinals bats? I mean, not really. I think if they end up putting up a big number, it's probably just based on Babbitt. I mean, yes, it is the great American small park, but it's going to be 40 degrees outside. Like it's Cincinnati, it's Ohio. Ohio is not really the best weather state. Um, I think we had multiple games canceled there two seasons ago because it was so cold at the beginning of the season. Um, but yeah, like everyone's priced up a little bit, like Arenado's 5.3K, Goldschmidt's 5.1K, DeJong's 4.4, Edmonds 4.2. So they're priced up way more than they should be considering the matchup. So I'm, I'm kind of out on all these bats. Uh, I feel kind of the same with the Reds. Like, I'm going to play the Reds a lot. Like, I'm a huge fan of Moustakas and Winker just in general. But I just don't know if this is necessarily the slate. And But I would not be shocked if the Reds put up, like, an eight or nine spot here. I kind of would just because of the weather. But, yeah, you're right. They are a good lineup. It's just 40-degree weather. weather. stinks, but, yeah, wet 40-degree weather, like, 15-mile-an-hour winds blowing dead out to center field, though. Like, if they get some gusts. Who knows? Like 40 degree weather is just not great baseball weather in general. And the ball just doesn't fly. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the game that everybody wants us to talk about. Dodgers and Rockies 11 total Clayton Kershaw against Herman Marquez. Um, Kershaw minus two twenty seven favorite, you know, highest implied total on the slate for the Dodgers. We're not playing pitchers here, right? We're even though it's Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw Kershaw, a guy with a fantastic curveball in cores. Not really going to do too much. And when he's priced at 9.5K, a guy with already short leash, no no chance I'm playing him. <laughs> the lineup is not as scary as it used to be, though. We'll, I will say that. Like, it's still cores, but the Rockies lineup, definitely not as scary as it has been in the past few years. No, it's, it's really not great. Um, Good. But- you got to look at the the slate as a whole is the main thing. Yep. Like Castillo, Flaherty, Glass, now Hendricks, Maeda, Woodruff, Nola, Darvish, all on the slate. Like if it was a trash slate, not opening day slate, maybe Kershaw and Coors, I would think about. But when it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow, like in Coors, I don't care who's playing or who's hitting against Kershaw. It's in Coors. I don't want to pay 9.5K on the slate for him. Yep, I'm out. Um, too expensive. I'm not playing Herman Marquez. Dodgers lineup, one of the best lineups in baseball, and it's in course. Yep. 
play all the Dodgers. Like, yeah, this is a this is obviously the stack you're gonna try to save some money with some other spots and try to get like. It's sixty six in cores, but when we're looking at all the games on the on the slate, like this is actually one of the higher temp games that we're going to be looking at today. Like Colorado sent all of their um, cold weather east. Yeah, no, it, it literally snowed yesterday. Like we had a little <laughs> bit of a blizzard, and it's fifty today. It'll it's supposed to get to a high of seventy tomorrow. So I think as the game goes on, since it's starting at two, uh, it'll end up hotter. Uh, towards the end of the game so it should be 70 degrees towards the end of the game yeah i mean it's the dodgers like i'm i get marquez is a good pitcher but he's not elite and and cores so play just play the dodgers like Betts, seager turner bellinger all grayed out as the top total points raw points plays on the entire slate and turner is far too underpriced and then guys like will smith muncie pollock are all good hitters and it it's in course. Like even Gavin Lux, if you need some salary relief, he, he pops a starting line, which I'm expecting him to don't mind that at all. Like just play them all. Um, yeah, all of them, all of them. Like I don't have to talk into it. The guy that I have outside of like Trevor story on the other side, I really like CJ Crone. Yep. Really like CJ Crone. Um, three K for a guy with power and cores and I, or 3,800, but like I get that it is Clayton Kershaw and we don't like to play against Clayton Kershaw, but man, oh man, CJ Crone at 3,800 against the lefty in course. Like I'm in. Yep. Yeah. Right there with you. I mean, it's not like this is the Dodgers. They know they're going to the playoffs. They have the deepest rotation in the entire league. Them and the Padres. <laughs> the so, deepest team in the league again. They're going to win another world series. I mean, it's baseball. Anything can happen, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm open yeah. for an all Southern California World Series with the Padres and Dodgers. I don't even. Love that would that be an awesome World Series. Oh gosh, I love the Padres, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, Kershaw, like my only go seventy pitches, so Crone stands out like as a great play guy with a ton of powers, playing in Coors now. Really like him. Outside of him, like McMahon is cheap at three point six k. Like this. I, I don't mind it. Like, I don't care who the pitcher is. I don't care the situation. I don't care about anything when it comes to Coors. Like, whatever lineup they roll out, I'm still willing to stack up Coors, especially on a slate where we have mostly just trash hitting conditions. There's still Coors. I'm going to stack up the Rockies. None of them are high-priced. None of them are that. We don't have a single Rocky projected for over 7% ownership. And you got Tappy at 3.4K. Fuentes, who's not great, at 3K. Uh, story priced the same as Seeger Blackman at 5k Crone at 3.8k like I don't I get it's Kershaw I don't care he might only go 60 pitches it's the first game of the season they're very careful with him and yeah they have a real deep bullpen but this is still Coors I'm gonna stack up the Rockies yeah and I, I think a lot of people are gonna be stacking the Dodgers in this spot but don't let Clayton Kershaw scare you um he got rocked too. I was reading about it earlier. He got rocked in his last um, outing of spring break. So he got, spring he did break. not have a good or spring training. <laughs> um, my daughter just got done with spring break. So, but yeah, he, um, his fastball has been slow. It's like, you know, 88 to 91. Um, I, I think this is a spot to just load up on the Rockies, play, play the contrarian stacking cores and, 
call it a day. Um, Arizona at San Diego, eight and a half total. Um, Madison Baumgartner against you, Darvish. Um, Padres favored by 233 here. Um, Madison Bumgarner, any interest? Nope. Nope, I'm with you on that. Um, this dude had a three, 333 ISO, 402 Woba to righties last season. He's going to face one of the, the best right-handed hitting lineups in baseball. Um, I'm out on Madison Bumgarner. You Darvish. This lineup is pretty much exactly what we looked at last season um, as far as the Diamondbacks go. They're not a team that walks. They don't strike out a ton, but they're a very beatable lineup. And Darvish coming off of a really strong year, 30% K rate, 13.7% swing and strike rate. But I think the thing that stands out the most to me is a 5% walk rate. Um, we want guys to go a little bit deeper when we're paying over 10K. I think he's probably the only guy that could put up 30. Maybe Nola. I think these, these are the type of guys uh, that could put up 30. up 30. I don't think he's going to strike out enough people to put up 30, but I hope he does. I'm with you on him, so I, I hope he does. But I think Darvish has probably the highest potential to be the highest scoring pitcher on the slate. Yeah, I mean, we look at the projected starting lineup. A 141 ice, so 301 Woba versus righties last year. Darvish is a guy that can go late in games. Good strikeout rate. It's not it's not great weather when you consider the rest of the rest of the league as a whole and all the other games, but it's gonna be 79 degrees, still at sea level, it's still not a great hitter's ballpark. But yeah, Darvish, like I said, I'm fading the chalk for Nola and Hendricks. So we'll see how it goes. I'm just going real ballsy on the slate, but Darvish grades out as the top raw points play on the entire slate. Like he's expensive, but depending on who you end up playing, there's a lot of value plays. You can absolutely play him. I don't have any interest in any bats from Arizona. Do you? Uh, Kettle Marte, Peralta, I don't mind. Escobar, I don't mind. They're cheap. Even Walker yeah. has some pop. Like Darvish has, we've seen before in the past get a little wild, like at the beginning of the season before he fully gets a hold of things. So I don't care, just like, as Blender would say, it's a vomit stack. But it's 2.7, 2.8, 2.8 for the th top three guys in the lineup. Like, pairing them up with Dodgers and doing a 5-3 stack, it's not the worst idea in the war, even a 4-3 stack. And you can pay up for Nola, Dodgers, and a guy like Glass now. So I have no problem playing the top three guys in the stack, even like, even Rojas or... Christian Walker like has some pop, but it's it's Marte is is good. Like Peralta's good, Escobar is good. They're all good hitters. I mean, they may not have had a great season last season versus righties, but it's not too far removed from them being kind of elite hitters. Like it was a short season last year. It was weird. They were kind of injured for part of it. These guys still have some pop and still have some good bats, and they're super cheap. I don't care about the matchup. I'll use Marte, Peralta, and Escobar in the little mini stack. Uh, the Padres side, like this is my favorite stack outside the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Um, like to get different, uh, this is just an amazing spot. Madison Bumgarner is not Madison Bumgarner of years ago. Like this is a guy that really struggled against righties. Tatis, Machado, Fam, Myers. Um, throw, in, throw in Hosmer because I don't expect Bumgarner to go deep. So I love the Padres on this slate. I'm not even sure Bumgarner is an average minor league pitcher anymore it's gonna be rough this is gonna be a rough opening day start for him they're giving him the opening day nod 
just because of his, his name is Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, I mean, and maybe he turned stuff around in the offseason, but now he's probably just he would have to. <laughs> Did he develop five more mile an hour? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe, maybe his curve got filthy. I I doubt it. Yeah, basically, what I'm saying is he's. He's, he's not in good shape here. He's going to get destroyed. I mean, we've got Tatis is one of the top hitters in the entire league. Machado's one of the top hitters in the entire, entire league. Fam is underrated and drastically underpriced. He's probably the top uh, overall, whatever it's called, salary play on the entire slate at 3.1K. It's just silly to me. Hosmer is still an above-average hitter, but it is left-to-left match. Probably not some guy I'm really excited to play. Myers is probably going to come in way too low owned, and there's a guy that last season had a 314 ISO versus lefties and going up against a lefty that against righties last season gave up a 50% fly ball and hard contact rate and a 333 ISO. Cronenworth is a righty that's pretty good. Like, just stack this game up. uh, Bumgarner is terrible, and this is one of the hot. This is probably going to be, if Miami doesn't open the dome, the hottest game on the entire slate. And, okay, before I get a lot of tweets, I know Baumgartner's been throwing a little bit harder in spring training. It's just not the same, okay? It's not the same. He's going to get – like, prove it to me. Beat the Padres. You beat the Padres, and I'll play you in your next start. Like, if you throw good against this lineup, I'll play you. Probably get rocked. Uh, We finished it out. Last game on the podcast today, the Rangers and the Royals, nine total. Kyle Gibson against Brad Keller. Um, The Royals are a 166 favorite here. Let's start with the Rangers. Um, Kyle Gibson, any interest in him? Not really. I like the Royals today. So Gibson is fine at 5.3K, and it's not bad weather, and it's not a bad pitcher's ballpark, but it does press strikeouts. And even though there are a decent amount of strikeouts in this Royal lineup, Gibson's not a great strikeout pitcher. Very underrated Royals lineup. Um, not the greatest ballpark in the world, but like they added Ben Nintendi, they got Santana. Um, Kyle Isbell is the guy that is supposed to be like super talented. Um, so a rookie card that you guys might want to try to get, um, as far as like Brad Keller goes on the other side, like he's a guy that just limits hard power, like hard contact. He doesn't strike people out. He just doesn't give up, um, like a lot of power. I actually kind of like the Rangers in this spot. I think they're sneaky. So I'm, I'm off of Keller here. I'm kind of on Keller. Like, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. Outside of Gallo and Lau, not really a great lineup. Like, Dahl's not bad, but Keller is a guy that still has some potential. And, I mean, I haven't looked into his spring training numbers too much, but this is a guy that had an uptick on his fastball towards the second end of last season. We've seen him put up decent outings before. He's super cheap at 5.9K. Um, the weather's not great uh, for hitting. Like it's going to be 50 degrees during the course of the game. And it's in Kansas city. That's already not a great ballpark. It generally relies on there being 85, 90% uh, weather or 90, 85, 90 degrees weather with 80% humidity. And it's going to be 50 with 30% humidity. Like we talked about how little there is in terms of like cheap guys. And we talked about cool, potentially being a guy, Alcantara is going to be chalky. Keller's going to come in at no ownership and he could potentially go seven innings, give up no runs and end up striking out six guys, which at 5.9 K is going to more than get you there. I mean, again, I'm going off the board today, but of the cheap guys, he's probably my favorite. Yeah. Like I, I get it. Um, I, I'm just, 
I kind of like the Rangers, man. Like, it probably is not going to work out, but Joey Gallo switched bats in spring training, and, like, he – I think he had, like, five or six home runs in spring training. So, I'm definitely playing Joey Gallo at 3.6K um, against a guy – I wouldn't necessarily say like he's a soft toss and righty, but he's a soft toss and righty. Like this is a dude that like 93 is hard for him. And that's just not fast in major league baseball anymore. And like this dude throws a lot of off stuff, stuff slider, um, like a sinker type of guy, but you know, Joey Gallo is a guy that mashes sinkers. So I'm in, let's go Joey Gallo. You cost me a ton of money last year. Why not just pick it up and um, keep, keep donating. Yeah, I mean they are super cheap. I mean Gallo at three point six k is just far too cheap for a guy. Dahl at two point five. Like, yeah, like Lau at three point five. So like, I know he's not great at, at two point nine. Like, you're trying to figure out a way to stack up the Dodgers. While I do have a lot of interest in Keller, is predominantly just because of his price tag. But like, the fact that we have Keller at five point nine k and the opposing lineup priced at an average of three k per bat, and then we got guys like Castillo going up against. The Cardinals, Castillo at 9.2K, and all the Cardinals bats at around 5K. Like, it, it's just mispricing here for both the Rangers and the Royals, or for the Rangers and Keller. So, yeah, I have some interest in this stack. It's just far too cheap, and it's not going to come in at heavy ownership. Yeah, even on the other side of this game, like Ben Attendee's 4K, Soler is 2.8K, Santana's 3.6. Perez is expensive. I hate paying up a catcher. The guy that I'm interested in here is Kyle Isbell, man. Like this is supposed to be like a super talented prospect. And I I love playing prospects early in the season just because nobody likes to play him. He's 2.1 K probably going to bat six or seventh for the home team, which is a little concerning, but at that price, like all I need is a little bit. I don't need him to go anything crazy. So like if I'm trying to stack the Dodgers and cores, I'm going to take a kid that's supposed to be, have like this massive raw power and um, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the thing that kind of worries me is the fact that he, like, went straight from uh, straight from A all the way up there, and he hasn't had a whole lot of experience. He's super raw, so I don't mind that, and the price tag is super intriguing. But I'd rather play Solaire, guy with a ton of pop, like, priced at 2.8K. Just, I mean, it seems far too cheap for the kind of power that he has, and then Obviously, Mondesi, Witt, Benintendi, Santana are all solid guys. Perez is a solid guy, but Soler is the guy that seems a little bit mispriced there at 2.8K, and he's always a threat to hit a bomb or two. Yeah, just I, I just wanted to point out, like, we're going to see a lot of single-A, double-A, 2019 to 2021 Major League Baseball because of what happened with COVID last season. So we're going to have to take shots. Like, it's just as simple as that. Um so we're gonna have to take some shots on some of these guys. So uh, let's play. Let's play the morning. Oh, we're gonna do our super draft plays. A um, lot of great plays over there on super draft. Um, my super draft play of the day is Hunter Renfro, one point three five x. We talked about him and that spot and the matchup and everything. He's a guy that I think can get a home run at one point three five. So really like him, and I really like Xander and Kiki as well um, in that game at their multipliers. Yeah, so the Super Draft play of the day is probably going to be, for pitchers, it's going to be Aaron Nola. It's going to be at 1.45x. It's going to be Woodruff, and it's going to be Glass now, both of them at 1.6x. Uh, in terms of hitting, I think Randall's a little bit too high at a 1.55x multiplier. just seems like a drastic mispricing on their part. 
looking to see Will Smith at 1.55x. If he gets a start there, he should end up crushing. Um, Benintendi at 1.55x. Randy uh, Rosaria uh, at 1.55x. There's a lot of high multiplier guys, but I think potentially uh, one of the top stacks on the board is probably Boston. Like we got multiple guys in the high X range that should be into the starting lineup. Kike at 1.55. Um, Renfro, you already mentioned 1.35. JD's still at 1.25. So uh, Boston's probably my favorite stack, and the best pitchers to play are going to be Nola, Woodruff, and Glass now. Even though I'm fanning Glass now and Woodruff mostly on DK, on Super Draft, they're by far the top plays. All right, let's play the morning grind game. We're going to use last year's uh, morning grind game. If there's anything you guys want to see or change, always feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Uh, we'll, we're going to start it off here. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Hendricks. Why didn't I just write it down for you? I knew that was coming. Um, I think the best chance um, outside of Hendricks to get 8Ks is Max Fried. Um, again, I don't love the spot for him, but I do think he's like, the next best guy to get that many strikeouts in that range um, over 8k to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Right. K to score under 15. <sighs> Kirsch. No, would not do Coors. I always forget. You could do Coors um, for pitching. I mean, it seems like it's just kind of cheating. Um, I think almost all these guys get over 15. Yeah. I'm going to go ballsy just because I am fading him and I'm going to go with glass now. I'll take Kershaw. That's fine. Um, those are the two options. Uh, I don't even think Glass now is the option. I think like maybe Flaherty or yeah. Woodruff, maybe not pitching deep or something. Um, over 4K, not in cores uh, to hit a home run. Uh, JD. Yeah, like that one a lot. Um, it's as simple as this. It's it's Fernando Tatis Jr. against Bumgarner. Um, first at bat, first pitch. There you go. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap? Renfro. Why are you taking my guy? Uh, I already wrote him up on the expert survey. I don't have expert survey on Thursdays, so good for you. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, I would have done the same thing though. I love him. Uh, give me Joey Gallo, new bat Gallo. There you go, new bat Gallo. That's what I'm gonna call him. Um, a stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? Boston. Yeah, obviously, you know, you're seeing a common trend on this podcast. We're both there. I'm going to go Padres. Uh, I really like the Padres against Bumgarner here. Um, over under against the spread, money line, anything standing out to you here? So if you're in a legal state, uh, FanDuel, drastically better odds uh, for Cleveland. I think they're at minus 172 over on FanDuel. Uh, over on DK, they're minus two of five. So make sure that only bet them over on FanDuel. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, um, uh, it's kind of a pick 'em, but give me the Reds. I think the Reds beat the Cardinals on opening day. Um, I think it's it's a really close game just in general. But um, yeah, I, I think the Reds. That's where I'm going to start my baseball morning grind bets off at for the year. So, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Oh gosh, I'm excited for baseball. Me too. Make sure you guys check out Justin and Will on the basketball podcast as well. This is going to be up way earlier, so um, you guys can check that out. But that's going to wrap it up here for opening day. Baseball, nine games in the books. Good luck, everyone, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. See you, kids.